We see the uh, doctor transform into an old, old man again, um, but he seems perfectly fine. And everyone crowds around him, so they're like, "Why are you all staring at me?" And so they say, "Well, have you seen yourself, man?" And so, well, of course he hasn't. So he looks in one of the mirrored panels of the Tachyon box, and he's kind of surprised to see how much he's aged, but he's fine. Um, the decided that he should be confined to a cabin uh, because as Pangle points out gleefully that um, the trial is still ongoing he hasn't been you know his sentence hasn't been completed um, we see a view outside of uh, the leisure hive to inside and we go into the conference room where we see Mina and Harbin um, he's helping her to walk along and sit, and he tells her not to despair. He, um, the, he will work on his machine, and it, it will still serve to be a, a boon to, to her, and maybe can help her turn back her own clock and everything. Um, she points to the, the helmet that the helmet of Theron is their example of, of his uh, of his mistakes and they use it as a reminder of that to um, as a direction to themselves to live humbly and um, she is very weak and she uh, says to him that she he should call for her health attendant uh, so the Doctor and Amana are fit with the electronic collars, uh, kind of like they've been put under house arrest, um, so they can only stay in their quarters. Uh, Pangol is um, upset that the um, that the uh, experiment, the time experiment, rejuvenation experiment, is degrading his tachyon generator. Um, there, it's draining power uh, from his generator as well and he comes into the conference room and talks to tells Harbin about this and says he needs Harbin to remove it right away uh, this is and he's looked at it and he's looked at Stimson's work and he knows that it's a fake device anyway and now it's just taking power away from his generator Mina is upset that, that uh, at the news that it was a fake and Harbin tries to explain himself and says that well, yes it was and but I needed money to I needed funds to try to make it work and fix it and so he had Stimson investing and uh, he says that the experiments that he did with the Romana were real he was they were getting it to work um, Harbin wants to continue his work uh, with the doctor and Romana's help but Mina is upset with him and she won't allow it. She says that Ramanda stays where she is and he needs to work by himself. Doctor says, I'm tired of being old. You've been old for all of, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, and then he and Ramana talk about this 
the regenerator and uh, the things that they've seen in the laboratories and she talks to him about the experiments, rejuvenator experiments with Harbin. And the doctor mentions it. Don't you think it's interesting that if they're sterile people, look how young Pangol is. The doctor notices that he, to Romano, and did you notice this? There's other circuit in the this generator, and she said, Stan, and it uh, must be being used for something else. Bork is, uh, and he's his lackey from the better term, I don't know who he, what his name is, his associate, are uh, get out of their quarters, are sneaking about in the hallways. Pangol and Mina are in the conference room discussing the, oh, and he succeeds her, this and that, and he'll have to be responsible for. Uh, she goes on, and before she can really say too much, Bort comes in, and um, he comes in to say that, have you, I'm sure you've seen the shuttle crafts leaving the planet have been just packed uh, with people with, the, with this exodus of visitors um, and that is that fact is going to make the Fomasi's offer uh, even lower and lower and it may even not exist if he's not careful and doesn't accept uh, his plan and Pangol says well good because I don't want to deal with the Fomasi I've studied them and do you think my hatred of them has made me stupid he has a different plan of his own. Uh, Says something about, and his plan doesn't need a, a visiting doctor, something like that. Harbin goes to see the doctor and Amana and frees him of their collars so that they can help him. Uh, they had talked a bit more about this generator of. Uh, Pangles and how it's a regenerator and they reckon it's of things and maybe people. Mina has uh, an alternate to this plan of works and she says to him that we could just all together as as the people, the people of Argolis would just walk out of a leisure hive onto the the exterior and just mass suicide. That's your plan? She says, well, it would be an honorable way. Um, Bork then keeps trying to sway her towards the agreement. Um, Pangol is examining the document and he says, this isn't even a Fomasi document. I've studied them. I know this isn't even from their government. Pangol says he has a plan for the new Argolis and points to the helmet they're on. Dr. Romana and Harbin are sneaking out of uh, the, his quarters. Bork's still pushing for the deal. Um, Pangol says, you know, well, and he says to Pangol that, well, okay, your new Argolis is going to need money. 
where are you going to get your funding from? And he says, you know, he must have a resort called the Westland or something like that. And uh, he could easily find this new Argolis if he would work with him. Uh, Tangle then, because, you know, your planet is dying and sterile, you should take the plan. And Pangol says to him, well, yes, but you mentioned that the war was over 40 years ago. How old do you think I am? Dr. and Amana are sneaking into the uh, regeneration room. Um, they are hiding out, uh, looking at the generator. There are guards, uh, guard technicians uh, working on the equipment. Um, so they're in hiding, waiting, and coming up with their plan. Uh, Pangol re reveals much to Mina's dismay, and she tries to stop him from saying that she is not his mother. Um, he is made by the generator. He was a child of the generator. Harden um, calls to a, a guard and motions him over. Says, yes, you come over here. Come over here and show you something. Come over here. And doctor's going to writing something on the TARDIS to get the person's attention, and then they knock him out, and so the guards have been dealt with. The, um, back in the uh, conference room, they're talking about the uh, these children of the, of the generator, as Pangol calls them, this new uh, force of Argolans. And uh, they say that he says, her, uh, Bork says, well, where are all these children of the generator? And Pangol says, well, there were, there were many, um, many problems and many of the recreations failed. There were some mutations and deaths and uh, goes on that, you know, he was a successful one and now they fixed these problems and he goes off to see the future, see the children his plan for the children of the generator and switches on their view screen to show the regenerator lab. It sees that the doctor and Ramana and Harbin are there and his guards are gone, so they run off to check this out. They uh, know that they're coming uh, or hear them coming, so they uh, sneak into the Tachyon room to try to escape into the generator. Um, the doctor manages to get out and back into um, the lab area where they were working with Harbin. Ramana comes in shortly after and she's followed by a large reptilian creature. She's, oh, he's a friend. He's a Fromasi and he helped me get out of the, the generator room before they switched it on. Uh, the Fromasi comes over and converses with the doctor. Um, Harbin then enters and the doctor says, oh, this is for Masi, but he can't, you know, he's his friend, he's, he's working with her. And, uh, but the doctor and Harbin can't really understand what the creature's trying to get them to know. Um, Romana says to Harbin that, you know, 
and we may not you know, understand what he wants of us, but look, he showed me this black box that he got from the generator. This is keeping it from not working, keeping it from working. Meanwhile, Mina is getting uh, substantially weaker. Um, she's dying. Another little ball drops off of her, the cone on her head. Amana and the doctor are uh, discussing the problems with the Fomasi and um, how to proceed, what's happening, the, um, the sterile planet and such. Then he's trying to figure out what he's trying to tell him and he's, he points and he goes to the prism that's their communication device and we see a image of a conference room and so he communicate, tries to communicate to the doctor that you know the boardroom we have to go there there's somebody he sees in the boardroom that he wants to talk to so the doctor tells Ramana and Harbin this and they all exit the lab area Pangol talks about when the next day, the next morning, when Mina is dead and uh, he announces his rise to power, he wants to unveil this, these children of the generator, etc. Um, and he says that he wants a visitor witness. And so Boris realizes that's why he wants to keep him around. He doesn't want this deal, he wants a witness. Doctor and Romana um, then arrive and interrupt his his speech of uh, his new Argolis, and uh, the doctor introduces and says, "And here's a Formasi." Um, the Formasi goes right to Bork and attacks him. Seems like he's uh, trying to rip his head off, and he does. He um, he pulls off the face of Bork and we see another reptilian creature another Fomasi and we end um, I found this episode a bit more satisfying a little less busy not, mm. not so scattered you start to have a little bit more focus some things are even newer but I think they've you know moved on to some of the things that are going to get us to a conclusion of our story. Hmm. What do you I, think? I'm not sure I totally agree. I think the story has just sort of lost me altogether. Oh. I guess I'm just hopeful I can still, <laughs> they can still pull it together. I'm not saying it's completely successful. It's just Compared to the last one, I think it's a little better, I guess. It's probably a better thing to say. But uh, I didn't feel like it was going in quite so many directions. Well, that's probably true. Um, and uh, some of the things they have come back to in this, that, uh, like, but when we get to cliffhanger they, they tie up a couple things with that um, I was kind of let down by the resolution to the cliffhanger I don't know how they would have made it good because it wasn't a good cliffhanger probably in the first place right but it was just a reprise really of it and the story continued 
wasn't any way of getting the doctor out of it or anything. He's still an old man. He's, you know, been able to realize that fact and what's been done to him. And now they've been put under <laughs> house arrest, essentially, because mm-hmm. they got this collar that would, like, a, I guess their their cabin has an electrified fence around it like you would have for a dog, you know, to keep them in the yard. Yeah, maybe. Uh, same concept. It makes you wonder, since this is 1980, right? Thereabouts, yeah. Did, we, did they have such a thing? As little, you know, monitoring devices and house yeah, arrest. I don't remember criminals. them being available, but doesn't mean they weren't. It would be fun to think that the um, a fan of Doctor Who saw this and thought, "Hey, maybe we could apply this. Maybe the person worked for the Department of Corrections or Department of Justice or something, and uh, you know, well, it worked on Doctor Who for a while." Sure. Yeah, I like the idea that Doctor Who would, um, that alien technology from Doctor Who would inspire and uh, something that we have today. Oh well. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a letdown. I, I, they, they really couldn't go anywhere with that. But still, you come to expect them to do something more than just to continue on and throw them into their cell and their cabin and um well you certainly hope he's going to do something else but yeah there's there's we were all disappointed in this yes one. we were disappointed in that but he really doesn't accomplish much of anything they they reason out several things like you know discussing the fact that there's some other circuitry in the generator that shouldn't be there for what they say it's for uh, the recreational activities and the tachyon demonstration. There's something else there that um, we're not sure of, and they mention how Pangle's the only young Argoan there. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of advancing some of the ideas in the story, but only through dialogue. Right. As they're talking together, which um, makes for a slow episode yeah and that's really what I think my problem was with this episode that is hard to get through mm-hmm. another difficult thing to get through is the fact that I still really don't like anybody right still not a single sympathetic character and I still have real trouble figuring out why Pango has such a disdain and dislike for others. Right. Especially the doctor who's done nothing to him. I can't understand the animosity he's got towards him. Right. Um, I, they have to say they probably picked a cast a really good actor for that role and for those attitudes. But the kind of smirky face that he has, I just want to smack him. You know? Smack the smirk right off his face. Characters like that just really irk me. And he's one of them. Right. They cast him well so that it makes me even more irritated by him, you know. So, points in their favor, kind of. If that's what they intended, they did a good job. Um, 
Sometimes they're still pretty confusing, however. The relationship between Mina and Harbin is kind of weird. I'm thinking that maybe she's been on Earth for a really long time since she was maybe a younger woman and maybe that's when they had more of a relationship. Or she was a younger woman when she was on Earth. And then maybe somehow she got to Argolis. She aged really quickly. Like, Why do you think that? I'm not sure. It just seems like to, to mention this other times they had together and then Stimson had said in the previous episode um, well that can't be the woman we met on earth because look how old she is mm. I'm not quite sure how that fits in maybe she's a victim of his experiments yeah hmm. I don't know And I almost find myself not really caring about it. I'm trying to care about it. Yeah. I really don't care so much. Um, I guess I try to explain away some of the uh, disdain Pangle has by saying that he was actually created from this machine. But I don't think that does sufficient explanation. Uh-uh. Unless they're trying to point out something that maybe they had used the cells from their previous population who had gone to war and try to work that in, that maybe that's why he seems so militant, wanting to point to the helmet as a show the new Argolis that he wants to build, which seems to be like he wants to bring back the uh, Argolis of Theron, which is the one who got them all in this state in the first place, in the 20-minute war that they had. Um, But that's not genetic. (laughs) It's not something they could have given to him by the cells they brought. They took from somebody who was more warlike. Why do you say that it's not something that could be passed on? Maybe it could be. Well, maybe it is. I just uh, think that is something that they learned through their society, not something maybe that they were born with. Maybe they were. But she mentioned, she says something about how they, they used the helmet as a a reminder to to live humbly and to so you know it is it seems like it's not in their nature to, to necessarily be that be that way but mistakes were made and Theron took them into this war and they regret it so it doesn't make me think that they were just naturally warlike And they do a lot of walking around from one place to the other, like um, 
this hallway from the, the cabin to somewhere else and a bunch of different rooms it kind of makes for a weary episode too and it's not helped by the fact that they often reuse footage yeah we did not however have to see this the shuttle that's true arriving next time because well they did make a point of saying that they're all departing so I guess we don't have to see the scene in reverse. Yeah, maybe not. And the, the voiceover saying, shuttlecraft departing. I'm surprised, though, that they didn't just throw that in, too. But they would have had to pay somebody to say shuttlecraft departing instead. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have cost them much. Maybe not. <laughs> they could have probably gotten the director to say it for free. I did, uh, perhaps we should mention the date, <laughs> way of explanation, no? We're heading into the 4th of July, I don't know if you can hear the fireworks. Yeah. It's a little beyond our control, background noise. Um, I was going to say that the, uh, when we see the... Fomasi, uh, and the way they talk is uh, very much seems like the um, language of the Bushmen. A lot of popping and clicking noises. Hmm. I thought. Didn't strike me that way. But oh. Well, they weren't attempting to speak um, any type of lang recognizable language. When they when they converse with the doctor, mm. um, it was just a lot of noise. Um, but I think I, I thought that was kind of nice for a change. That they're not automatically just speaking English and or uh, whispering things like the ice warriors do, um, that kind of thing. It did mean the doctor had to try to, you know, say, well, they're trying to say this, and he seems like he can't quite understand everything they say, but maybe he has some, just some experiential memories of, you know, races similar to them or something like that. It's the, the lasting effect of the TARDIS being able to understand other languages and such. Maybe. Could be. I, I but then maybe, but then Ramana should be able to understand too. I don't know. Was she not able to? Uh, maybe. I mean, he did point out the the box to her, the, the, the device they removed from the generator, so maybe. Did you, you have anything else? I thought the Fomasi were kind of an interesting design. They were sort of like, is it geckos? Oh, they were reptilian in yeah. a way. I, I could see that. Or but they, they had the, the one eye, or the eyes that would sort of move around. 
They kind of strike me as um, chameleon. Yeah, then maybe that's what I'm thinking of. With the, the way that the um, tissue around the eye is kind of like built up and then it, it moves around in that socket. Um, uh, they looked really good, actually. The head pieces and the, the eyes and face. Mm-hmm. The body were kind of just a dark green material um, kind of suit. But it wasn't bad. I mean, we've seen uh, much worse bug-eyed monsters. Um, they have been uh, very bad in the past. These were actually, you know, not... I mean, they were pretty good for... They weren't overdone with, like, glittery green material or uh, lights around their eyes or anything. They, they looked like a, a reptilian type uh, humanoid, really. So, which is what you would imagine them to be, I think, from what they say about them. I thought they the way they presented them and the way they um, costumed them was really quite good. Mm-hmm. I think the, the makeup job they did for the doctor, is, old man doctor, was really quite good too. There wasn't a, like a lot of uh, latex pieces, uh, molded wrinkles attached to his face that make his head look, you know, like half as much bigger like they do sometimes in movies nowadays even mm-hmm. where they make somebody up to look older and their head immediately just seems like it's got this extra layer on it because it does and it, you can tell the difference in size and um, it's, it just seems thick and unwieldy which again that's probably how it is and that's how you see it whereas I think they they did like a painting on of some type of a liquid latex that um, a thin layer that would dry and crinkle naturally which sounds like it'd be pretty uncomfortable but it looks pretty good Uh, it depends on the on the material I would think true but being latex it might be more supple than say just having like the old um, well, I guess they're not that old anymore you can still buy them the gel mask that we put on our face and then peel off you could really tell when it dried the little like uh, stuff would really shrink and pull at your skin and then you'd you know, feel like you were peeling off a layer of skin when you took it off but, but when that dried that Maybe this is probably more supple being a rubber, a type of rubber, type of plastic or something. And you didn't have any tricks played with the scarf. That was good. No time wasting or wrapping it around anything. That is true. That's a good thing about the episode. Me what? Anything else? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Any 
dinosaur when it was that head. So a cliffhanger? Yeah, we um, it, it pulls together the little bit that we saw in the last episode where Stimson saw the suit, a person's suit, in the Bork's closet. It was when the Formasi goes to Bork and then pulls off his mask. Really is a bodysuit mm-hmm. um, for another Formasi. So um, it's it poses some interesting things to see how they, how they resolve it. Um, maybe there are factions of Formasi, and this was a good one, and the one dressed up as Bork is a bad one. So who knows what we might find out about that? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's. It's a reveal that wasn't totally unexpected, but still, it was um, pretty good way to end anyway. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I think that was a pretty good revelation. So it was a fine place to end. Yes, it was a it was a good place to end too. I was hoping that it was as we were watching. I'm thinking they're not going to really go on with any other part of the story, are they? Because it would be really good for them to stop here. And I was happy to hear the music come up. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> so, pretty good. Um, I'm mostly interested to find out how they continue and wrap up the story. Um, I haven't totally lost interest, lost a little faith in the story. And a little interest in some areas, but I still would like to see how how we end. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we'll see how it ends tomorrow when we talk about episode four of the Leisure Hive. So join us then, and thank you for listening.